If your footwear is out of date, head to runwaysneakercloset.bigcartel.com. That's runwaysneakercloset.bigcartel.com, where they're committed to bringing the latest brands and quality shoes from Nike, Adidas, Puma, and the Jordan brand. Again, that's runwaysneakercloset.bigcartel.com. What's going on, people? This is live after hours in the man cave with your host Terry Wiggs and your co-host Mark King. Co-host Mark King. What's going on, everybody? This is After Hours Live for the Man K. I'm your host, Tay Wicks. And this your co-host, Mark Sr. Yes, I know that was a long gap in pause, but guess what? We coming rapid, nonstop, fist flying, helmets flying, <laughs> on that head. I know everybody been talking about the Miles Garrett whole situation. And I, you know the crazy thing is about, his, about what happened and went down with his helmet. They turned this into Helmet Gate. That's the only way I hear nobody say yet. At the end of the day, I'm hearing everybody get on TV, give their two cents, you know. Some people like it, some people don't. I got a bone to pick with Damian Woody. He said he never seen anything like this. Let's be honest. Fights like this going on all the time in locker rooms, practice in the NFL, college. We've seen college football, people getting wrecked upside the head with helmets. We've seen Andre Johnson about three, four years ago taking off Cortland Finnegan helmets. And bopping with the hands, you know, and they trying to make it look like Miles Garrett went out here and pulled a gun out and shot Mason Rudolph. So <laughs> when I'm looking at this, it takes two to tangle first. People. Absolutely. When you go back and lucky tell everybody, I made a video for when after hours live for the man cave Instagram, and I said you when you you can't judge a book by its cover. You had to they always say you got to read the book front to back. I just feel like they just—they didn't read the book. They just jumped straight to the bat and showed Miles Garrett hit him upside the head with the helmet. And what did you see from it, Marcus? I know what I see. What did you? What did you see initially happen? Because we—I know we seen the same thing. What did you see? Well, so what I saw was an instigator by the name of Mason Rudolph. Mason Rudolph. Uh, you know he was having a terrible game. He threw four picks. It's the last play the game four times yep right Miles Garrett sacked him you know he was a little aggressive with the sack with the sack but he's aggressive every time he sack is nothing different right and, and since uh Mason Rudolph was having a bad game I think he you know he was just frustrated he tried to take it out on Miles Garrett tried to take off his helmet first by the way and uh and it looked like he tried to you know cup check him you know, that's a big no-no for uh, two grown men. You try to cup check another grown man. That's not that's not cool. Number one, mm-hmm. you know, and and then I seen Miles Garrett, you know, retaliate. You know, he's like, "We taking off helmets now, so I'm gonna take yeah. off your helmet. I'm gonna show you how to take off a helmet." Right. So after that, you know, Mason Rudolph just kept pursuing the fight. You know, even after his Steeler teammates, you know, push push Miles Garrett away, like you know, back up. That's our you know, that's our quarterback. Mason right. Rudolph still kept, you know, pushing his nose in. You right. know, and Miles Garrett, you know, he got over-emotional. He went out of control. He hit him on the top of the head with the helmet. He blocked him. Everybody can agree that. That, that. that was wrong. That, but it's not like he he intended to hit him upside the helmet. Like, the whole, like, from the sack, you know, from the snap to the to him getting sacked, like, he wanted to hit Mason Rudolph up top of, on top of the side of his head. Right. And... The way I was looking at it where, like I said, when I first seen I said, all right, Miles Garrett, he tackled him, right? Right. And 
he tackled. Like you said, it's very, it's very aggressive. Like I said, Miles, like you said before, Mark, you don't hit. Miles Garrett tackle all his opponents, whether it be the quarterback or the uh, receiver running back, whoever it may be within that area, with a lot of aggression. And the one thing about him, when he tackles people, he, he, he plays through the whistle. If you hear no whistle blowing, you still play. So I'm looking at it where, like you said, Mason Rudolph got sacked four times and he threw four interceptions, in which the Browns should have won by more than that. They won 21-7. You know, that is like the win, the Browns win got over his saddle by the helmet feet. I'm looking at where, right. like you said, Mason Rudolph got tackled. He liked the way he got tackled. And he t- tried to take the man's helmet off, first and foremost. Not only tried to take it off, he was twisting Miles Gary's helmet the other way while he was on his back lying down. Trying to twist it off and yank it off. He, he wasn't very successful. That was when Miles Gary get up while he yanking on his helmet, I see a foot, a cleat go up and trying to kick him in his manhood, in the, in the crown jewels or the manhood, wherever you want to call it. Right, <laughs> right. So he yanked his helmet off. Uh, I'm looking at the Castro and the Pouncey. I think I want to say it's Marquise Pouncey. I know it's one of the Pouncey brothers. Oh, he, get, he get up. They had it. They, they had. They had this situation under control. Miles Garrett had the helmet. He had the helmet down. First of all, which y'all don't other don't see in the video, like you said, you see Mason Rudolph run up and grab the man by his jump. <laughs> So you're going to grab him on my junk night. Now, in my eyes, he's like, all right, I'm already out number by three. I'll, I hit him upside the head with the helmet. Yes, he got suspended. Then the crazy thing is, Bruce ain't tried to stop the fight at once. The Castro for the Pittsburgh. So he laid on top of Miles Garrett so nobody will get her. He stopped and laid straight on top of him. That's why he didn't get suspended. People say he should get suspended. He should not get suspended because he was doing the right thing. He was taking up for both players so everything could diffuse. The thing right. I didn't like, whereas Marquis policy or one, like you said, one of the Pouncey brothers come over, punching Miles Garrett in the head, but he started kicking him in the head with a helmet on. So everybody getting on TV saying, I'm glad what Marquis, one of the Pouncey brothers did. So you tell me you okay if you took his helmet, if his helmet was off and kicked the man all upside of his head with the cleat, that doesn't mean he'd have been bleeding. That means he should have been suspended indefinitely too because I know for a fact in that rule book that you cannot use your cleats as a weapon too. Right. So yeah, that was an incident that happened a few years ago. I can't remember the player name, but he stepped on a man's face with his cleats. I can tell you who that was. That was Michael Vick's little brother who stepped on somebody's hand and twisted their hand all the way around with metal cleats. This is the reason why now that you see a lot of plastic tip cleats is you really can't really break into the skin like that. Mm-hmm. They treat you Miles Garrett like he Damon Wayans on the last Boy Scout. Like when he came out there and shot the dude in the in the in the leg. I'm looking at is where when Mason Rudolph got on the podium after it was over. Miles Garrett, kudos to him. He accepted his responsibility and his wrongdoing. What he did, his he was way remorseful than Mason Rudolph was. Mason right. Rudolph so, gets to that podium and says, "What Miles Garrett did to me was was bushly. It was a cowardly act." This is this is from the guy who was this is from the the guy who started it, Marcus. Right, he's the instigator. At school, if you instigate a fight, y'all both get suspended. Not just one player, not just one person, not one student. And the crazy thing is, you and the NBA when the NBA players fight, everybody gets suspended from the right. from the person who threw the blow to the person who retaliated back who started the instigator. Everybody gets suspended. I just feel like they probably got out of out of the three right. They got they got two out of three right. 
How do you not suspend him or find him? He should have suspended for a game. So now I think he I think he got fined. He didn't get suspended. The team got fined. He didn't get he didn't get fined or suspended. So, so the t- both teams got fined two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Nice. So you're looking at the, where the lead made, got away. Scott the lead, right? Yeah, the lead made a, a half a million dollars off of of both organizations, and Miles Gary got fined forty two thousand dollars, and he got suspended for right now without pay. Without game pay, so there's a chance that he can re- he can get the appeal by Wednesday. He meet with the commissioner Wednesday in New York. And a lot of people say he should be suspended going to next season, maybe a game or two. I feel like if you suspend him for the rest of this year in the playoffs, he already paid his dues. Right. If you're you gonna suspend him his- for the playoffs too, that's if they make it that far, we'll get to that. <laughs> right. You're treating this guy like he Vontez Burfitt. Vontez Burfitt is the is the helmet crusher. Wig splitting guy. The repeat <laughs> offender. He's a repeat He's a offender, repeater. as they say. And when he, when you look at when he got suspended this year for the twelve games initially. I looked at when he hit him. He was already hitting the guy already low. For some reason, that I think it was the right receiver. The right receiver already ducked his head and they ran helmet to helmet. He should not be suspended for twelve games. This, on that note, I will take Vontez Burfitt. Yes, he's playing for the Raiders. He's a like you said, Mark. He's a repeated offender for hand hunting people and everything. But the 12 games that he got, when you look at, at that instant replay, you already see he was already in the right mood to hit his guy. The other guy went down, and they went helmet to helmet, and therefore he got suspended for 12 games just because who he is and who his name right. is. Is Miles Garrett a dirty player? No. Nope. I mean, you're talking about a guy who just uh, a few a month or so ago was you know downtown riding around, you know, a fan supposedly came up, wanted to get his autograph, take a picture. He rolled down his window. The fan's still on him. He no, he don't even retaliate. He just called, he called the boys in blue. Like, you're talking about a guy who would do, like, not retaliate in, you know, on the street with somebody he don't five, know. 270. Big, big man. Big. He, he ain't going to retaliate on somebody on the street that he don't know, but on the field, you know, he did what he did. So he... To my eyes, he was provoked in some sort of form or fashion. Right. It, you know, he, he, ain't, he ain't just the, the villain and all this. I believe after that happened, I believe I heard the words of Joe Cena Anderson say this. Miles, did he say anything to you out of the norm? Miles kept it 100. He said, well, go, watch the, go watch the film. So when he go, when, he, when everybody watched the film, they really should watch that film over before they started judging him. O.J. Simpson, I know people in America don't want to hear from O.J. Simpson. But right, he had a lot to one, play. I had to take his high on this one. O.J. was right. So was Samuel O. Jackson. He said, now Miles was wrong for him to decide to hit the helmet. He said, I agree with that. He said, but Mason Rudolph, y'all, you sitting up here and call somebody a coward and Bushley, where you initiated, you initiated the fight. And he said, oh, oh, what Miles Gary going to do? He said, we take, like he said, oh, I'm going to take, you, you take my helmet. I'm gonna take yours. Unless somebody come into your house, come in there, come in your house. They don't wash their hands. They go straight in your refrigerator and drink your last beer without you asking. So what you gonna do? That's how we play a game. I'm gonna go to your house. We'll go to my your refrigerator. I'm gonna take your last beer. It's an eye for an eye. And I like what Greg, I think it was Greg Jennings on the NFL Network. He's in Pittsburgh. He said, "I mean, I'll kill me with it. Don't get up here, sit up here and act like he Mason and Rudolph didn't do any wrong. He was the main person who started it. He don't get he get a slap on the wrist." And he's laughing as that. He's laughing as that. All right. Well, then, and the NFL need to go sit down and watch that tape. And, and Mason Rudolph should at least be suspended for a game, a game or two, and fine $25,000 for initiating. 
Because if he took his helmet off, what would happen? He would have hit Miles Garrett inside the head with the helmet? Who knows what would happen? We don't know what would happen. I'm just saying, what if? So, on that note, the NFL got to do something. Because some, some of their suspensions is, is don't make sense at all, period. Um, since we're still on the, on the NFL, Kaepernick goes to have a workout inside the Mercedes. The Mercedes don't in Atlanta, Georgia, where the Falcons play at. Um, but the only thing they told him, you can't have a camera crew here or the media here to see what's going on. So kind of Kaepernick politely moved his workout to a nearby high school in downtown Atlanta, Georgia somewhere. He had a workout. I watched it on YouTube. The arm still looked pretty strong to me. Still looked fluid, like he hasn't lost his step. Um, do you feel like, we know the league is blackballing him now. Do you feel like the league, Marcus, if he would have came and showed up to the Georgia Dome and worked out, do you feel like he would have got blackballed just because he had no media there? And they didn't tell you he's not the same, he's washed up? I mean, I don't think so because uh, from what I'm hearing, somebody who uh, fought for him to get this this uh, this workout, you know, the, you know, the greatest rapper of all time, Jay Z, Jay Hover, Sean Carter, right? Uh, you know, he fought for him to get this workout, and he wanted it to be in you know uh, Atlanta's field, and Kaepernick changed it on his own accord. So I think Jay Z was fighting for him to get a fair shake, but then he changed it up. I think it kind of messed things up for all sides. It messed up uh, Jay-Z's, you know, favor from Goodell to get that and to get all the teams there. And I think it made it seem like uh, Kaepernick is, you know, I hate to say this, like he, he more so about the cause now, which is a good thing. I ain't saying it's a bad thing than playing football because, it, you know, he, he's still rattling the NFL's feathers. You know, I ain't saying, you know, I ain't got no quarrels with that. But if he want to play football, you know, just go out there and play football. Right. The one thing I take it from it, even though Jay-Z fought for him to get on this level to work out with four teams in the league, where was he at? Where was Mr. Carter at, Jay-Z? Where was he at? If this is one of your guys that you fought for, a client that's going to be part of Rock Nation, why, why weren't you by his side riding with this man a hundred grand? Like you said, it looked, like you said that, that Kaepernick might be doing a, a PR stunt. Why Jay Z going by his side? It's like it, it's like Jay Z didn't pull the PR move. All right, I told you I can get him, but whatever he do, that's on him. Instead of talking to the man and ride with this man, this is a bit. This is supposed to be one of your business partner. You're supposed to do it together. All right, Cap, we're gonna fly down to Atlanta. We're gonna do this workout, but you wasn't there. Like how he never showed up for the BET and the Source Awards. He was never there when he showed up for the Oscar. Well, that's a that's a topic for another day. If I'm going to ride with my man a hundred grand to somewhere, hey, Don, if you come to me right now, Marcus, like, hey, Dante, I know you did this for me, but it would look way more awesome if you was right by my side. He wasn't by his side. Like, it's, 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 it looks weird. Everybody from Jay-Z to Kaepernick and the, into the NFL. So when you look at certain situations, I think everybody right now gets an F because I, I just feel like Kaepernick, Will the team pick him up? It's up to a team. But right now, it, it, it don't look good. What you think? Somebody should have definitely picked him up by now. Please remember to take your... I mean, Mason Rudolph, he's not a starting quarterback in my eyes. He can start for the Steelers. He can start for the Bengals. I mean, it's plenty of teams that... The Bears. It's plenty of teams that need quarterback. Titans. Titans. You pick one. Colin Kaepernick. Right. It, it's, it's work out here. So it's clearly like they blackballing them from a just 
just a talent perspective. Like, is he has the talent to play? It, so why is he not on the team? Right. The chances right now, I'm gonna say somebody. If you really ask me, hey Dante, what are the chances of Kaepernick against signed by a team between now and this year? Say fifty fifty. It's some teams that want to pick him up, but that one team don't want to pick him up for what he did. They don't have a mellow resurgence. If somebody get, if Michael Vick served, put it like this, Kaepernick didn't go to jail. Michael Vick served, what did he serve, 24, what, 26 months in federal penitentiary. Federal. Big boy. He's in big boy jail. If someone gave, if an owner came out, two teams that gave Michael Vick a chance to play for their organizations since then. Someone, 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 that, that, that owner or that team or that organization that want to sign Kaepernick is too scared to sign him. Why? Because they feel like that organization would get, first of all, would get back, would get backlash from the media right. where they from and their city and their fans. First and foremost, you can't sign Kaepernick to a team to a city who who who's definitely into military heavy. He can't play for the Cardinals. It's a military state. Can't play nowhere in Texas. Military state. state. He can't play in North Carolina, South Carolina. That veteran stuff is real here. He ain't gonna be able to play. So who would be that team that would take him on? It would have to be a, a Midwest or East Coast team. I mean, it's, it's it's like old days for real. You know, the, the North and the South. The North, you know, gonna let him uh, give him his freedom of speech. Let him take the knee. You know, they're gonna right. give him a second chance. Uh, so it and. The teams up east, I, you know, they, they just ain't quite as good as the quarterbacks, you know, with the exception right. of the Patriots. You know, they got right. Tom Brady, but he on his way out, too. Look, one thing I know about this game, they play a child's game from football, basketball, and et cetera. They love you when you are winning for the city. They love you when you can put the ball through the basket or put that ball in the end zone. They love you. But the minute you mess up or do something crazy, or spiteful, you are the worst human being to ever walk across this earth. What Captain right, niggas don't want is nothing. They, people go out here every day and do some of the craziest things that you would ever see. Trafficking, people getting kidnapped, people blowing up schools, going into Walmarts, shooting up Walmarts. And know people get treated probably better than Kaepernick. See people, you seen people on TV shoot schools up. And that son of a gun get walked off in a bulletproof vest, and they get him Burger King. Kaepernick, they're going to say, they're going to tell him, get out of our city, you un-American. Huh? That don't make any sense. Nobody's here. Everybody's here un-American. You want to go back to the origin. Like I said, not going to jump off topic. That's a topic for another day. But I feel like the man should get his shot. I'm just hating to see people like Damian Woody coming out. Not Damian Woody. I'll take that back. I'm well, he did say that, that, Kaepernick was pulling his own PR move. So did Stephen A. Smith. Stephen A. Smith was right rocking with him hard last year. I'm with Cap. Yeah. I'm with Cap. Look, Stephen A. Smith signed that contract to get eight million a year. He didn't flip the <laughs> It's a big PR move. He ain't ready to play. Stephen A. Smith going on all these rent. Man, Stephen A. Smith is turning into the new Marcellus Winlock. Speak for yourself. <laughs> these guys get checked and read off that prompter. Chris Carter, the Ohio State Buckeye alum, the HOFer from Middletown, Ohio, I'll rock with you, my brother. Because you keeps it real and you're going to speak the truth. And that's why he's not 
FF, oh, FS1, Fox, Fox Sports 1, first thing first, because he's keeping it too real. The reason why he's not on there, because Thursday Night Football came around, had somebody talk on there instead of having to call, they call it Antonio Gonzalez, a.k.a. Gonzo, Mr. Hands, all the famer on the rise. They call him to come from California every, every Wednesday night to be on TV for Thursday night to do a segment. And Chris Carter said, "Why would you have him fly all from across the country if I'm st- if I'm already living here in New York?" Yeah, that don't make no sense. They need so to get need to give CC that that uh that spotlight one time. So he spoke the truth about what happened. They candy. <laughs> so when you speak the truth, one thing my parents said: the truth to set you free. When that truth, when you speak the truth, it set them free. And there he says, Chris Carter been off that TV off that TV show at that slot selection time. I kid you not, I have not watched one episode since he's been gone. I mean... It's not the same. I mean, I rarely watch either one. You know, Fox Sports or ESPN. You know, I just go there for the for the games. And every now and then I'll check out, you know, First Take uh, or Undisputed with uh, Uncle Shea and, and Skip. But, I you know, it, everybody got their own agenda. You got to, uh, like you said, you got to really scope out who uh who keeping it real up there and who you know just getting a check. Right. We know who getting the check. We know who getting the check because they flipped the script before they got the big deal. They was on cap side and for this, for that, we would cap. Stephen A. Smith ain't with cap no more. He ain't with cap. The only cap Stephen A. Smith with is the one he twists off his off his soft drink. That's about it. So moving right along. <laughs> going to the next election. You know, some people are happy. I know this guy is. Mr. Coins Club himself that we always shout out. Before I come on, Carmelo Anthony has Hello. signed for the Trailblazers a non-guaranteed contract. See, this is, this How is what do I'm you saying. feel about this one? So this is what I was saying in comparison to Cat. You know, like, do you want to play or not? See, Melo, like, I can play ball. I take a non-guarantee. I, I just right. want to play ball. So he, like, any way, shape, or form, he going to get out there. There's no way he should not be in the league. You know, like, he made a statement uh, early in the year. It's not, you know, it's not – you know, however many players in the league better than, than me. Out of 80, you know, out of 30, uh, you know, 32 teams, it's not that many players better than me where I don't got a job. So Denver did the right thing. They listened to their star player, Mr. Uh, Dame Lillard, you know, and called up Melo like, hey, you know, we need help. You know, uh, Rodney Hood and Mario Hazonia just ain't cutting it for us. So we need the Melo, man. And I think I think it's going to be a good fit. I think it's going to uh, – Potentially turn, you know, they slow start around. I think so too because get Carmelo Anthony back. You know, the first thing I'm gonna hear from somebody: you a fan now, Dante? You a fan now? Let's be honest. Melo's back. Rodney Hood is playing like hot garbage right now. <laughs> if you put him out there in the three spot, then also the Trailblazers get back Yersef Nurkic, who went down with that nasty injury last year in the playoffs, and you guys still got Hassan Whiteside. Can this team make it to the Western Conference Finals? I'm going to tell you, without a doubt, they can. Without a doubt. The whole thing is, with Melo buy in to this new role, you got to adjust to. Can he Can right. he handle being the third the third option? You know, you know Dane going to get his shots, and you know CJ going to get his shots. Is Carmelo Anthony comfortable being the third wheel of this team? Can he accept this role on this team to, to get this team over the hump? Me? You and Tony been saying this for the last year or so. If Portland can get Carmelo Anthony or the score that they need, all you need is 15 points from Melo. 
That's, if you look at some of their playoff losses and look at some of, how, some of the they gained deciding factory points been by, this team only been losing by four or five points. So if you put Melanin, who's, who, who can average for you about 17 points or 15 points, you're talking about a team that's normally a minus four on the losing side can go to a plus eight, to a plus nine. So do Carmelo Anthony and the Portland Trailblazers, do they have enough power to give teams the run in the West? Oh, I think they definitely do. Uh, would they be like a top three seed? I don't know. That's going to be a stretch, you know, because I think uh, the Lakers, uh, Denver, uh, and the Clippers, I think they're going to have those those seeds locked up. You know, four, five, six with Adam Carmelo, definitely possible. Uh-huh. I definitely think they can be, you know, sneaking in one of those slots. And, you know, if they get a four spot or a five spot, I think they can upset, you know, whoever they, you know, matched up against. So the whole ordeal is we know they in. I feel like, like you said, Damian Litter finally got his the wish that he wanted to get who he got there. Carmelo Anthony been asking for him since last year, and he turned him down. He just like his time might be now with this team. They don't need another score to give them like to give them fifteen points to take them over the hump to get them where they need to be. Right, just a quick fifteen. That, that's all. That's all they really need. That's that's what they missing from the wing right now. You know, by him being a traditional small forward who can actually back players down, which I like. He's a threat in the paint. Then too, it'd be it's, a, it's another more easy look too for lobs for guys like a Nurkic, those big men, Hassan Whiteside as well. I feel like I feel like they can do some damage with that. You know, you know the Clippers get off to a rocky start. They got back, they got back on um, Paul George, aka Jax. You know, he got both the, so, the shoulders uh, worked on. So we're gonna see what it <laughs> takes for for them to get in rhythm. I just fight with a Paul George and. Uh, and the Kawhi, I just find it the same type of player. So we know the whole thing is we know we know Kawhi can close, but can Paul George take his team over the hump with with that championship DNA and and Kawhi Leonard? Do you think this team has enough with taste to be in the Western Conference Finals? Mark, are you still there? Oh man, yeah. So I definitely think it they have what it takes, the Clippers, um, because last year you know they they gave the Warriors two games without Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. So they bring it back, basically they same team and add in two uh, superstars. So they should be able to make it to uh, the Western Conference Finals. But they got to uh, start taking this uh, regular season more serious because if they have to play the Lakers in the second round as opposed to the finals, I think they have a chance to begin to get upset. Like in the second round, if they got to play the Lakers, if they don't finish the season, you know, finish the season out well, you know, don't finish in the, the top three seeds they end up like four or five then that's gonna be it's gonna be a battle to you know to, to dethrone LeBron and a rejuvenated LeBron in a second round of a playoffs. I just I don't care what conference is I don't see LeBron going out like that. Now when you saying that do you think the low management I know Mark Cuban said he agreed he liked how it works. How Mark Cuban gonna say he like how it works for low management and he hasn't been in the playoffs I'm thinking, what, about five years? Right. Who is who is he using the low management? Dirk Nowitzki on low management, and he retired. <laughs> he he was on retirement mode. Right. Um, doing it that. The, like I said, for for the Clippers with the low management thing, it's kind of cute because they think they they got what it takes 
to get where they're supposed to be at. And me personally, I think they, I just don't think they have, like you said, they just taking too much time off with the little management. I, all that firepower definitely comes from their bench, which is key for a team like that. And you're looking at Lou right. Williams come off the bench again, you're 20. And you look at Montreal who come off the bench again, you're 16. And the thing is, will Paul George find a solidified role enough to find his way? Because you're talking about another ball-dominant player who like to have the ball in his hands but when he's out there. We see in his first night out back, of course, they played against the Pelicans. He was 6'4'11", with a three-point line, scoring 37 points in 20 minutes. How long is that going to keep up for? I think that's coming to an end real soon. There's no way he can... Uh, he played with less than 40, uh, less than like a full game of minutes, and he already got like 70 points. Yeah, I don't see that happening, especially when Kawhi come back in the lineup. He's going to have to divvy up some of them shots. So I think uh, whenever, whatever game Kawhi come back in, that's the game he's going to start playing on, you know, giving you a, a quick 20, 25, right. no more 30 points. If if I'll be shocked if he throw up another 30 with Kawhi in the lineup. Not saying it's not possible because we know he we know he can get the points, but the matter oh, yeah, is how can sure. he get them? Uh, yeah, so. for sure, because because he already he did it twice already. So it's like, will it be enough possessions for him to get it? Because they if they if Kawhi come back, he playing well. Um, then PG playing well, Lou Will playing well. Like they're gonna be putting teams away early. It ain't even gonna be no point in him playing in the fourth quarter. So that that's taking away time right there before he can you know stuff right. the stat sheet. We already seen this. That team could be could be lethal because we what they scored 150 points, like you said, back. And this team might score 200 <laughs> points. And you got Patrick Beverly, who's a pit. Lou Williams is a mm-hmm. dog. Montrell is a dog. You know what I'm saying you're looking at those type of guys. A Jamichael Green, can he do what he do? So Landry Shamit. It's a lot of guys that got to keep up that load for them to be where they at. And like right. you said, speaking of the other of the surprising Lakers, I'm just looking at these guys like who's getting rebounds. Like Dwight Howard coming to court and just dogs the glass. It's a lot going. It's a lot going on in the Lakers. LeBron can score when he wants to. LeBron, he he, he could be up in discussion for another MVP for sure. That's a, how you playing. You know, I thought he was gonna let AD get it, but it looked like he you know he may want this one for himself. <laughs> yeah. LeBron got a lot at stake and a lot of proof. Look at this young team. Look at this Lakers team, man. They can be dangerous. I like, to me personally, I like it. I like when Caruso is in the game more than I like KCP. I just feel like the Lakers is is a threat to a lot of teams. But the whole thing is, can this team keep it up? They need. They they are. They they need another score out there because we've seen it where with both. AD and LeBron go go to the bench, and like last night, they was up by 25. And as soon as they sit down, this team is making a comeback. So there's a lot going on in L.A. So, Marcus, what's going on between the West and the East? What team What team surprised you the most right now up to this point to keep everything going, Marcus? It's a, definitely the Phoenix Suns uh, out of both conferences. You know, I just wasn't expecting them to, to have a winning record. Not even five games in. I thought that was going to be pretty terrible. And they're doing all this without DeAndre Ayton. So it's like Devin Booker is coming to his own. He's trying to be an all-star this year. He's trying to make the playoffs. Um, on the East Coast, it's not really a team that has surprised me. 
I will go with another team. It'll be on the West as well. It'll be the Timberwolves. You know, I think they uh they also was a team I thought was gonna stink it up, but they came out. You know, Big Cat came out blazing. Andrew Wiggins starting to finally look like a number one pick. So those two teams really had surprised me early this morning on the season. Uh, I can't argue that. You know what's been shocking me though? The young. We're looking at John Morant. He's a walking bucket. Like, even though the guy might be a buck seventy-five, probably at most, I mean, probably buck sixty, a walking bucket. But this guy been surprising me the most. Eric Pascal picked in the second round, the forty-one pick out of Villanova, straight to the Golden State Warriors. Everybody's injured. We know the Golden State Warriors been hit with this injury bug, like the flu. But one guy who's been playing real hard every night is Eric Pascal. I have never seen a guy who run rookie of the year drafted in the second round. Can he be the first? I might be wrong, but right now in my eyes, he looks like he might be a clear cut to be rookie of the year for the Golden State yeah, Warriors. Not with that. He got to do all the scoring, you know, because, you know, most of the players hurt that, you know, like uh, Steph and Clay and, um, you know, Deion, I mean, Draymond Green ain't going to get you no buckets. So who going to score? You know, the, the rookie said, I'll do the scoring. <laughs> Can't even blame him. And he's, and he's scoring at ease, like, at ease. And like I said, he played for that Villanova championship team. He know what it takes for his team to be a winner. And, it's, and it's, the way he's playing, under, I like how he's playing under the rim. And he can hit the outside shot. And he played defense. I'm not going to say he's on a Draymond Green type, type level, but, man, he's making Draymond Green looking real tradable right now. Just imagine, you got a young Pascal come back. You move Draymond. The next year, you had Clay on your squad and Steph, and you can still move D'Angelo Russell for another pick. So, right now, even though the Golden State Warriors not winning, but in other ways, statistically, they're winning and across the board when they come up to the NBA draft. It's a lot of things they can do. Right now, Willie Colley-Stein ain't even working out for them. They can trade him for a draft pick. It's all in the Warriors' favor. And guess what, folks? And they can be easily sitting back into the Western Conference Finals or the NBA Finals next year. That's how easy it is for them. They pack Steph Curry, Steph Curry when they come back, but the ownership don't want to bring him back. But I would bring him back and see where the chips may lay. Because they, they can easily be a first-round draft pick with 18. They only won two games. Right. They're going to be like uh, the Spurs and get David Robinson with number one pick, come back, have a super dupe. And that team can – Marcus, so dangerous. A dangerous squad they can be. Because now they get they can free up cash space. You know what? Let's move Draymond Green. Let's get his big contract off the table and go pick up. You can with his contract. You can get Draymond Green probably for a mid first rounder and probably another player that you're looking for that you can groom up because that team has potential to do it all over again if they wanted to. They know what they're doing over there. Them boys over there smart and very analytical. So Marcus, with that young team, other. Other Warriors, you're looking at other teams that can make a splash. I'm looking at the young Cavaliers. Say they did trade Cavaliers and Tristan Thompson. They can get something for them, too, because they're looking like they have an all-star type year. A, a playoff team would kill to have those two those two type of guys, they believe glue guys from them guys, coming off the bench or in they start in rotation that make the game that much easier. So any comments for sure they about could. that? I mean, uh, the Cavs is really just like a, a player or two away. Um, but if they trade Kevin Love, then they got to uh, really look at sharing up that power forward spot because 
you know, he's like a modern day power forward that stretch forward, so he can shoot the three. Uh, he rebounds. So if you trade him away, now you got to look at replacing him with a young guy that can do similar things. Um, and in this draft, I don't know if they, it's a player like, like that out there, unless they really bottom out, you know, and they try to go out and get a, you know, the guy from Memphis, you know, who was recently redeclared, but you know, for the NCAA, you know, just cleared him back to play. But other than that, it's like they got all the pieces they need on the wing, from the wing perspective. You know, they got Jetty Osmond, they got uh, Sexton, Garland, Porter Jr. So they stacked there on the young guy perspective. They would just need a big, a big man. And they would need a big man. I think Anthony Zidget, he might not be the answer, but when healthy, he's a valuable piece out there. He can come and give you about 10, 15 minutes a game. But like you said, Kevin Love is your typical stretch forward, or he can play a little center if they want to go small ball. He can, like you said, defend a, a little bit. He can hit the three for you. And he's a scorer at that. Tristan Thompson is playing. Tristan Thompson right now is playing all-star level. To be exact, I mean, if you name up another power forward in the East is doing what he's doing, you can't really name nobody. Tristan, he's trying to get, you know, this is a contract year for him. He's trying to get paid again. And he's trying to be on a good team on top of that. What do you think Tristan Thompson wound up on if he if he do leave? Can you see him playing for the Lakers? Maybe go back home and play for the Raptors? Because, you know, I don't think Margaret will be signing back he with did. the Raptors after this year. I mean, he can play with LeBron. We already know that. So, he can go to the Lakers. Uh, can he go back to the Raptors? Yeah. I mean, they got everything set in place. You know, Siakam going to be the superstar. Uh, Fred Van Vliet, you know, Drake's son, he going to be running the point. They really just need a big man. They just need a big man at that point. Because uh, Siakam, he, you know, he's a he like seven feet tall, but he don't really play the big spot. So they need some, you know, Marcus Gasol going to retire or part ways. Tristan Thompson's a perfect fit there. Right. When I'm looking at that, like, speaking of what we call him spicy, he, spicy, please, in the MVP conversations and looking like a legitimate all-star. He's looking like a legit all-star who can carry a team. And I'm like what I'm seeing from the young the young Thundercat who's getting it done out there. Because he let you know he can do it all. How do you feel about him? Like you said, how do you feel about the young up becoming rising star who came from the G League to Toronto what he played for the Toronto nine oh fivers who won the championship there, MVP of that G League championship, and come to the come into the league and win the of that final and come into the NBA a year later. To do it all over again. I mean, his growth is crazy. Like you said, he came from the D League, so most improved and an NBA champion. Now he's looking like an MVP. Like I don't know anybody who made growth like that in the NBA ever. Like you just go from not on the team to being on the team and and then being one of the best players, top you know top six five top six players on a championship team. Now he, he's the guy, and it don't look like they missing the step. So, so I'm gonna recant my uh, my surprise teams and say that Toronto Raptors, def- even though they was the champions last year, they definitely surprising me at keeping up. How you know, at least they're as far as wins and losses. They you know they guys keeping up the win streak going without Kawhi Leonard. Oh yeah, most definitely. I, hey, I can't argue that one because one thing I must say, even though they winning games now, it's still the East. I truly believe that Kawhi Leonard left his marks on that team 
as an NBA champion. He led them the right way, not a minute of many words, but sometimes some people, champions lead in different ways. And he showed them that if you, if you could do it and practice hard, you can put your mind and body to anything. And just like that young team up there in Toronto, you know, Kyle Lowry could either be on the move too before the deadline. It's a lot. So there's a lot going on in Toronto. I'm like, what are they doing? Nick Nurse is like, okay, we got no no Kawhi in school, no Danny Green. Look where we at. Still sitting pretty. That's a, that's a team that's on a mission. Anything else you want to sure. add, add to tonight's podcast? Uh, uh, I think that's it. I mean, I think we got everything. You know, we, we definitely covered, you know, <laughs> the helmet gate. <laughs> we helmet got that gate. out the way. You know, we wouldn't be doing it. Uh, right, if we didn't do that, you know, because everybody else is, you know, we got the, you know, got a little NBA, mm-hmm. unless you got something on hockey or something like that. <laughs> and I have nothing. I think we covered the basis. I just feel like, oh yeah, before we leave, Bill Russell finally accepted his Hall of Fame ring from 44 years ago. So you know what? The reason he didn't take it because he felt like he's paying respect to the, the guys who got drafted before him and the first, the first African American guy who got drafted. And to the league, he feel like it would it would be okay. But you know what? I'm gonna take my ring, but I don't want to take it until until the first African American guy got inducted to the Hall of Fame. And I feel like Bill Russell was a stand-up guy who was paying homage to the guys who who got through paid the way for him to get in. And I like it. NBA legend Bill Russell finally accepted his basketball Hall of Fame ring 44 years after the entry. 44 years after the introduction. And listen to this, folks. Everybody talk about MJ to go. We respect that, but you know, different areas. But Bill Russell's will go, too. The 11-time NBA champion, folks. The 11-time NBA champion, five-time MVP Olympic gold medalist, two-time NCAA champion, was presented with his Hall of Fame ring in a private ceremony. The 85-year-old Boston Celtic great was inducted, attended the induction of the ceremony in 1972. I felt others before me should have that honor. a guy named Chuck Cooper, who in 1950 was the first African-American player drafted in the NBA who was inducted this year. The first African-American player was inducted this year to the Hall of Fame. Wow. He should have been the first guy inducted into the Hall of Fame was that came along. Russell said the ceremony was attended by his wife, along with his close friend, Bill Morton, Alonzo Morning, Ann Meyer. Bill Walton was presented with his Hall of Fame, Elgin Baylor. A lot of grace was there. And kudos to Bill Russell, stand-up guy, a classy guy, said I'd rather, I, let me wait to get Marvin let the first guy, Chuck Cooper, get inducted. That is a good story, a feel-good story out there to the Cooper family. Kudos to him. The first African-American player to be inducted to the Hall of Fame finally got his due. He had to wait this long. That was too long. Too long. We always talk about Jack Cooper broke the color beer, being the first African-American guy to be inducted to the Hall of Fame. That's a feel-good story, Marcus. You think they waited too long for this guy to get inducted to the Hall of Fame? I mean, definitely. I mean, if he's gonna be, if he's the first black anything, then that should be automatic. Like they should have had the ceremony, you know, 
the next day after you know he, he played it in his first game, they got got guys like J- Jackie Robinson. You know right. he's in a Hall of Fame. Uh, you know the, the first uh, what was it? I can't think. Of, the first guy to play in uh, at a in the college in the NCAA when uh, all white school. He's in a uh, no. He's in a Hall of Fame. Huh? So it was like, well, why not? You know, what took him so long to get the NBA guy? In? You right. know, and I think uh, it shows just how uh, classy, you know, the great Bill Russell is, you know, that he will wait until that guy got inducted before he took his, uh, you know, his inductee, you know, and it, it was because there was no guarantees that he would be alive this long or that it would have took this long before, you know, it all came to fruition. Yeah. I definitely agree. I definitely agree with that, Marcus. Everybody got paid their dues, but that dude right there was a long one waiting for you know, since we talk about the first guys, you know, the first African American guy to play professional football, go by the name of Kenny Washington, um, played in National Football, and he and he served he and he served the country and fought in World War Two. So he's from Los Angeles, California. You know, he died in 1971. But I just feel like a lot of people should know that was going on. You know, what I'm saying you got to pay homage to the guys who paid the way for you. Without them, they wouldn't be you. Or us trying to do what we trying to do, what we love. A lot of these guys in broke color barriers down for us to play these type of sports. And the, and the time that they got into these sports and where they from was a was times was way more, times back then was way more harsh. I just feel like they did they they did what it do. You know, just leaving everybody with that quote. On that note, I'm Tay Wiz. After hours live from the man cave, I'm here with my man, Mark Senior. We out of here, baby. Peace. Yay! Thank you for listening to After Hours Live from the Man Cave podcast. If you would like to hear more from me and my man, Tay Wiggs, please go to your favorite podcast listener and subscribe to us. We are just about everywhere nowadays. We're on Stitcher. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple iTunes and Google Podcasts. So if you like what you hear, subscribe to us to hear more. Oh, and before I go, please also hit up our Anchor profile page. That's anchor.fm forward slash After Hours Live from the Man Cave. And click that little purple button that says support this podcast and help us out. Peace.